This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Go with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now, we've been on faith, and I don't know, one of the girls in the office asked me the other day, how long are you going to be on this? I said, I don't know. Just keeps jumping in and out, and so we're still in the book of faith, the topic of faith, but we're here in James 1, and so the Lord said, you got to fight the good fight of faith. Now, it's interesting he used the word fight the good fight of faith. So he tells me right there, it's a battle, but the battle with a lot of times comes from the enemy. The enemy will use anything he can to get your eyes off of Jesus, to get you broke from faith, to stop you in your tracks. So to to help us see this very clearly tonight, begin with me in James chapter 1. I'll start in verse 1. James, a bondservant of God of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greetings. My brethren, my brethren, my fellow believers, me and you, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Now, when he says this right here, he says, when you fall into various trials, understand this, even as a brethren, even as a born-again Christian, he gives me warnings right here, you're going to have some trials that are going to come against you or come after you, okay? I'm not excluded from that. If you were taught once you got born again, whoo, it's sweet sailing the rest of the way. Well, if that was the case, why did the Lord say in Psalm 23, Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So again, I'm going to go through some things. Keep reading, verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Now this is interesting right here. His wording here, he said... The testing of your faith. He didn't say the testing of you. He specifically said the testing of your faith. And so it's a proving of genuineness. The message says it this way. Under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So think about it in this way. Your faith is on display. And these trials come, and guess what? The devil will throw persecutions at you. He will throw busy at you. He will throw money issues at you. He will throw the cares of this world at you. He will throw anything at you. And the goal is to test your faith. To try to throw you off course. That's his goal. And so when we look at this, he he knows if he can get us off of course in any way, that unbelief begins to set in. Why does he go after the testing of our faith so much? Well, he knows Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith it's impossible to please him. Okay? He knows that. Hebrews 6, 12 says, through faith and patience you inherit. He knows that. Here's a real good one for you. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It's exactly what it says word for word. 
So he knows that as long as I'm looking to Jesus, Jesus is going to perfect. He's the perfecter and the finisher of my faith. So think about there in Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus. So his goal is to do anything he can to get you to quit looking from Jesus. He's going to do anything he can. And I mean, he will go overtime. So now you begin to see here the reason that faith is such a test. And he knows without it, it's impossible to please him. So go with me just a little to your left here to Hebrews chapter 3. Hebrews chapter 3. And here in this passage in Hebrews 3, it is talking about the Israelites, God's chosen people when they came out of Egypt. Now, I'm going to go back there. That's Numbers 13. That's later on if I get that far. But in that passage, if you remember, God promised the Israelites, he said, boys, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. I mean, when you look at milk and honey, that's everything you can give. So when we start in here, understand this is what this is talking about. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Beware, brethren. Now, that's an interesting start. I, I highlighted that. He said, beware, brethren. So immediately right here, he's giving us a warning. Beware, brethren. Least there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Now, when he says this here, he likens an evil heart to unbelief. And he says... An evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So you know what he said here? Don't abandon God. Don't abandon the word of God. Don't abandon the problems of God. And, and in the first sentence there, he said, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you. In us. In our hearts is what he's talking about. This, this evil heart. And so again, he begins to warn us here that it's going to try to turn you away from God. The message says it will try to trip you up, throw you off course, diverting you from God. So if he's warning me and, he, me and you, be, beware, brethren, don't depart from the living God. The warning is this, you got to stay with it. Stick with it. Day by day by day. You know, in this warning, he, he didn't say, just obey him when it's easy. Man, when, when you really find out what's on the inside of you, when the going gets tough and you realize, man, I'm going to have to trust God and I'm going to have to believe God. And so this is the warning. Don't depart from the things of God, verse 13. But exhort or encourage or warn one another daily what is called today. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Now, it's his interesting statements that he, he, he talks about here. And so he, he begins to show a progression. That when I depart from God, the next thing he says, the departing from God will lead to a hard heart. Now think about this with a hard heart. If, if our cotton farmers were to go out in the field right now, I'm telling you, that field is hard. It's hard. I mean, it's very hard for get them to get the plow, the chisels, whatever they use to get in the ground. That's very similar to us. When we turn our back from God and we start departing from it, 
Man, my heart starts getting hard. You know what a sign of a hard heart is? You've departed from God. Verse 14. For we have become partakers, participants, associates of Christ. Now listen to this. If we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. I get that. And I got to hold on to it. I got to hold firm to it. I like to call it bulldog faith. Man, you latch on that stuff and you do not let go. You ever seen a bulldog latch onto something? He's so talented he can breathe out the sun. He's not going to let go of that. And, and he gives us great insight because at the end of this, he says, we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. So now guess what we got to do? we got to go back to the very beginning. How did I get born again? I heard the word of God. According to Romans 10, 9 and 10, that because I heard the word of God in that, I believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth. So the way I started with getting my heart to Jesus and salvation, that's the way I go through my entire life, day by day by day. And so just as Jesus promised us and he said, if you'll believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, he said you'd be saved. So now I go back and I find other scriptures that pertain to my life the same way. And guess how I receive them? I begin to believe with my heart and I confess with my mouth the very promise that Jesus said. So faith works the same way, day by day by day. So he's given us great warnings here. Keep reading. While it is said... Today, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in rebellion. Now that verse is referenced again the same way in verse number 8 of that chapter. It says it word for word. He said that twice in there. So the hardening of the heart became rebellion. And in the Israelites, this is who he's talking about here. Verse 16. Now he begins to talk to the Israelites, but he's using them as an example for me and you. For who having heard, they rebelled. Now now listen real close what he said. Even though they heard the word of God, they rebelled. What did they rebel at? The word of God. So now we begin to read something else in here. He's saying right here, because they, even though they heard, they rebelled. Well, guess what? I can hear and I can hear and I can hear. Just because I hear the word of God doesn't make it going to come to pass, okay? That's why in James 1, he says this, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So yeah, I can hear the word just like them, but they rebelled. And he so goes on to say, Indeed, was it not all the people who came out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was God angry 40 years, or he was grieved? Was it with not those who sinned, whose corpse fell in the wilderness? So, you can go back and you look at all this. When I depart from God, I begin to get a hard heart. And a hard heart leads to rebellion. And rebellion ultimately leads to sin. And the wages of sin is death. And this is how his word goes. Just 
hand in hand, right? Just steps right after another in here. And he's talking about the Israelites. But he's addressing me and you too. Verse 18. And to whom did he swear, did he vow, did he make an oath that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey, to those who did not listen. Verse 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now we go back to the promise. God said to him, he said, listen, I'm giving you a land that flows with milk and honey. But because they wouldn't believe him, it stopped what God desired for them. That's the same for every one of us. God has promises throughout the Bible for every one of us. But if I don't get on there and believe him, or unbelief begins to set in. Now, I'm looking at this verse right here, verse 19. And he says, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. They could not. So now I see the could not and the unbelief. Both words of could not and unbelief take me back into the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 5 and 6. Jesus strolls into his hometown and it says he could not do any mighty works there because of their unbelief. So the same unbelief that caused Jesus where he could not, not he would not, but he could not to stop the move of God in his own hometown This is the same could not because of unbelief that stopped them. So now we begin to see a pattern here that during Jesus' life, the could not because of unbelief stopped him, but also the could not of unbelief, it stopped the people of the Israelites. Guess what? Me and you aren't exempt. Man, I got to get a hold of the things of God and I got to stay with it. I keep staying with it, okay? And so when you read this here, because of their unbelief. So for every one of us in here, I've got to continue in faith. I get into the Word of God and I stay with it. So I like to say it this way. I feed my faith and I starve my doubts. Let me ask you something. When you get up in the morning, do you have to be told to eat breakfast? I don't. When I get up in the morning, you know what I know? I'm, I'm going to eat breakfast. Shelly doesn't have to pop me in the rear and say, hey, you need to get in there and eat breakfast. I don't have to be told that. Why is that? Because now for 57 years of my life, that's what I've done every morning. I get up and eat breakfast. Why am I highlighting that? Because i got to continue in the faith. So the Lord Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So the same way I discipline myself to eat bread every morning is the same way i got to get into the Word. Now, how many of you today will you say this? Man, i got to get a bite to eat. Well, who told you you got to get a bite to eat? Myself, I know, I'm hungry. So again, what, what I'm showing here. As men, we train our physical body. We, we know when it's time to eat. What would happen if we begin to train our spirit man like that and say, man, I, I'm hungry for the Word of God. How many ate today? How many ate more than once today? How many ate three times today? 
Well, we can keep going. Let me have be an auctioneer. Even there's three, four, five, five, five. We can keep going. So again, we understand the discipline of eating here. So the, the word of God's trying to teach. You got to stay with the word. Keep eating the word. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since a promise or an assurance remains, the New Living says, it still stands. Since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to come short of it. So there's a warning here, two things. One, there's a promise that still remains of entering rest. But now he tells me and you, there's a possibility that you may not experience it. You may come short of it. Why would I come short of it? Watch this. For indeed the gospel, the word of God was preached to us as well as them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. So now in verse 2, guess what he tells me? He gives me insight that the goal of the word of God is to profit every one of us. That's the goal. God wants you to profit. So what does he want to profit me with? The very promises that the word of God said. He said that there's a possibility it would not profit you. Why did he say that? Keep reading. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. So why did they not profit? Because they didn't mix it with faith. So now we go back and we got to rewind a little bit from the last weeks. If you were here last week, I believe some of the definitions of faith is found in, in Mark 11. Verse 22, he said, this was the Lord Jesus. He said, have the God kind of faith or have the faith of God. Mark eleven twenty three. And whoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed and believe with his heart. And believes those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. Mark eleven twenty four, And whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. So now I go back and I look what Jesus said. Have the God kind of faith. When you look at verse 23 and 24, faith is believing and speaking. It's believing and speaking. So he said... It did not profit them. They heard the word of God. But to me, you know what he's telling us? They quit believing it and they quit speaking it. And so anytime me and you, we quit believing and we quit speaking it, you might as well get ready. It starts shutting down. How do we know that? Matthew 12, 34 says, Out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. So if you really want to locate yourself, just listen to what you're saying. Is your mouth lining up with the promises? Thank you, Pastor. That's good. Verse 3. For we who have believed do enter that rest as he said. So you know what just takes place here? God promised Every one of us, the Israelites and me and you, arrest. But the only way we enter that is I got to believe what God said. Woo, I believe, Father God. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. You know, since I've been going on this faith, there in Luke 17, uh, verse 5, the disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. That's been my prayer. 
I say that. I said, Lord, increase my faith. Help my faith today, Lord. Help me. Help me. I don't want to be in a... Help me with... And so I encourage you, begin to say, Lord, strengthen my faith today. Strengthen my trust in you. Okay, go to Numbers 13. We're going to make a run for it. I don't know if we're going to get there. Numbers 13. You know what? If we don't get there, that, you know what that means? You got to come back next week. Same bat channel, same bat time, okay? Numbers 13. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Numbers chapter 13. As you're turning to Numbers 13, the man Moses is in charge. and God gives him some directions. The directions here, I'm, I'm going to read verse 2. Uh, Numbers 13, verse 2. Send men in to spy out the land of Canaan. Now listen to this. Listen real close. Which I am giving to the children of Israel. Now, do you get that? He didn't say, you know what? If those children of Israel, if, if they're really good boys and girls throughout the year, it's going to be a great Christmas. I'm going to bless them. That's not what he said. He said, I'm, I'm giving it to them. So he goes on to say this. He said, from each tribe of their fathers, you shall send a man, everyone a leader among them. So we got the 12 tribes of Israel, and he sends one of the men, and I'm telling you, they were great men that he sent. Now we understand he sent 12, only two of them ever entered the promised land, Joshua and Caleb. When you, when you look at the man Joshua, Joshua was, was, he was continually faced with choices in this whole, in this whole time span. And his decisions most of the time went against popular opinion. He wasn't very popular, okay? But we hold fast to the promise. God said, I'm giving it to you. So why did he send them up to spy it out? He said, man, I want you to go up and get a game plan on, on how you're going to go in and take it. So now, time's sake, we jump to verse 25. So they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. The 12 came back. They, the 12. Verse 26. Now they, the 12, departed, came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They, the 12, brought back word to them. They brought back word to them. And to all the congregation, and they showed them the fruit of the land. So now it's a little show and tell. We got word and we got some things we want to show you. When they, all 12, told and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. So they go up there and they come back. I'm telling you, they got, they got these grapes that are just... I mean, there's incredible stuff. And they said, look. Now we jump to verse 28. Nevertheless. That word nevertheless is the word but. But. Now, when you see the word nevertheless, or the word but here, this begins to tell us that this revealed their lack of faith. It begins to show a contradiction of what God said. But, or nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified, and very large. Moreover, we saw the, de the descendants of Anak there. So guess what starts happening? With the words out of their mouth, they start painting a picture on the insides of the Israelites. 
And those words we know are unbelief. Why do we know they're unbelief? Because they go exactly opposite of what God said. God never said, go up there and come back and tell it how bad and dismal it looks. He said, go up there and scout it out. So now we remember the rest of the story. You've got ten who say we can't, and we got two who say we can. Do you know all twelve of them are right? The ten who say they can't, they're right. They'll never experience it. Because they said we can't do it. But the two who said we can't, they're right. And guess what? Those two ultimately went in because they believed and they spoke what God said. So the ten, they were moved by what they saw and how they felt. The two who believed, they stood on the word of God. They didn't care how big they were. They didn't care. They said, this is what God said. See, that's what happens to me and you. And so in my life, regardless of what I see, no matter what the circumstances, what I feel or see, the Word of God is working inside of me. It's working, it's working, and it's working, and it's working. And so now, we know for 40 years, they wander around the desert. Then we jump in after Moses dies, we jump to Joshua 1. Joshua, this one who said, we can do it. I'm telling you, I think he got so frustrated with them. I mean, he's the one who said, we can. He said, we're well able. And they said, well, we can't, we can't. I, I think he was probably, you bunch of bedwetters. And bunch of, he gets so frustrated. Think, come on, come on. If God be for us, everybody else might as well be. So listen, this is what we'll end with. So, so Joshua's now in charge. And God says, listen, you've got to be strong and courageous. He says this to him four times in Joshua 1. You've got to be strong and courageous. Be strong and a good courage. Be strong in the Lord and a good courage. Don't listen to the bedwetters. Don't li- be strong and a good courage. And then you know what he says? He said, here's the ticket, Josh. Don't let this word depart out of your mouth. When the going gets tough and life, you start speaking the word. You dig in. You begin to speak the word, speak the word, speak the word. And he said, and meditate on it there in day and night. Begin to recite it over and over and over and over and over. And he said, ultimately, because you're speaking and you're thanking the word of God, it will transform you to a place in your life where, you know what? I'm going to obey it. I'm going to do it. And then that verse, this is all Joshua 1, 8, 9. He says, then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So guess what? We can hear the Word of God. I can hear it. I can hear it. I can hear it. I I need to hear it. But understand this. Just because you hear it doesn't mean it's going to take place. Pastor, do you not believe in the sovereignty of God? I believe in the sovereignty of God, but he said you got to be doers of the Word, not hearers only. you got to step out. Step out. So guess what? Get out of the boat. Get out of the boat. Walk on the water. Well, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. What did he say, Martha? I said, I'd rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. You know what that means? It's easy to sit in the boat. You know what I see when I sit in the boat? I can look and say, man, that, that Paul and that Philip, to think they can walk on the water, you're talking about stupid. 
you know what? My faith will never grow. And I'll never walk in the promises of God as long as I sit in the boat. I would rather be a wet water walker than a dry boat setter. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.